Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val's husband, Rich. We celebrated our anniversary this past week. And let me just interrupt here and say how truly blessed I am beyond explanation that I've been married to such a wonderful woman. Val is a godly and humble, beautiful, loving wife for 31 years. And I love you very much, honey. Anyway, back to the script. So in honor of our marriage celebration, she wanted to reach deep into the vault and share with you from an earlier episode some of the lessons we've learned about building healthier communication in our marriage and family. What you'll hear today is part of an episode in season one where I joined Valerie first to discuss how we addressed some harmful habits we brought to our marriage. Then she unpacks even more relationship pitfalls to watch for in yourself and in your family and tells some ways to start undoing those bad habits. We pray that you're encouraged and inspired by today's episode, Out of the Vault, about ending the harmful communication games in your home. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. And I'm Rich Harrison, Val's husband. Today's podcast is for both parents this week. We'd love for dads to listen too, because we'll be talking about the negative communication games that we saw in ourselves and we learned to give up in our marriage. And we hope that this will begin an open dialogue in your home about what negative communication games may be happening at your house between your family members. So stick around. It's time for a marriage minute, and I am here with my husband, Rich. Hello. So we're going to talk for just a moment today about the importance of communication commitments. We made some communication commitments some years back that have made a big difference. The first one was, and really the main one, is no games or manipulation. Honestly, this part of the commitment is about the things that I needed to change, We'll talk about the things that Rich committed to in communication in a minute, but there were several games that I was playing, different ways that I was manipulative in our relationship. First of all, the silent treatment, you know, the, I'm so mad, I'm not going to speak to you. I'm going to completely ignore you and shun you. Now, to be fair, yes, there is a moment or a, a perhaps appropriate period of time where I'm so angry that I'm not going to be reasonable right now. So give me a little bit, give me a little bit of space so I can come to a reasonable place to deal with this frustration rationally. But this is not what you're talking about. Right. Agreed. With with that, I have had to learn to say, I cannot talk right now or I will say things that I don't mean because I'm frustrated. So I need to be quiet for a while. And often Rich will say, I need to be quiet so I can collect my thoughts and figure out really what I'm thinking about all this. So that's verbalizing rather than just going and being silent. It is. And the silent treatment you were talking about is where I'm punishing my spouse intentionally, purposefully, this is a mode of punishment. Along the same lines as the silent treatment, the punishing kind, was, I guess you could call it 20 questions. Um, It was, if you really loved me, you'd know why I'm mad or hurt right now. So I'm not going to tell you, you're going to have to figure it out. Right. And that leaves me asking, 
you know, was it when I did this or forgot that? Or is it something that happened yesterday? Or is it something that I did last week? Was it something about your parents? Or, you know, it leaves me guessing and trying to figure out and ask. And maybe I'll get to the right thing. And maybe she'll play along and give me clues. And maybe she won't. And of course, all of those things that I was doing like that was controlling. I was trying to hold all the cards because he hurt me. And of course, it's easy for you to hear in this podcast as as you're listening to it, that that's not a healthy way to do things. In the midst of it, you're not thinking about that. But I had a lot of selfish aspects about me that I had to learn to set aside for the sake of oneness of our marriage. Well, these next few are ones that probably applied more to both of us. Uh, There was, we'll call it keeping score, where I get to get you with with this hurtful comment, or I I get to hurt you in this way because you hurt me in that way, Um, and we got to keep it even. You know, you I can't let you get one up on me as far as the offenses go. So that's the keeping score game, which we don't do anymore. And another one was the blame game. So life is messy. We all know that. We know that marriage is too. And so when something would get messy, it would be my tendency to want to blame him, you know, to point out what he was doing wrong in the situation that brought us to this mess. When the truth was, there's plenty of things I was doing wrong too that had produced this mess. So the blame game had to go. Ultimately, that of course would result in someone feeling like a winner, someone else feeling like a loser in the situation. Of course, none of us wants to be a loser, so we're always going to keep fighting and keep fighting. And and ultimately what we found out is that in in oneness, if there's a winner and there's a loser, then the real loser is oneness, that the, the marriage loses if one of the players loses. Right. So we had to give up keeping score, the blame game, having a winner and loser, 20 questions, silent treatment, all of these examples. And maybe you have a different set of games in your family and your in your marriage, but you want to make some communication commitments that you're not going to play those games anymore. So let's talk about a couple other marriage communication commitments that we made. One of them, Val was vulnerable earlier and and talked about that she uh, was the the primary perpetrator on the one, some of those early ones we've talked about first. Uh, Mine were more having to do with uh, just speaking up. We may have mentioned on this program before that I traditionally have been a little more quiet of a personality. And so my challenges were in communication. I needed to be forthcoming. I needed to be honest with myself about what I need, what my emotional needs are in our marriage, so that then I can express them to Val. Uh, And as we learn to work on our oneness, she needs to know what I need. And it's more than that, even. It's, yeah, it's about your needs, but also forthcoming about your opinions, your perspectives, When I, as one who, you know, I can tend to be a controlling person and then you want peace. So you tend to be a passive person and that produced a lot of one-sided stuff, one-sided parenting rules, one-sided boundaries, 
all kinds of one-sided stuff. True. And so as you began to be braver and and more intentional about speaking up, and I became more intentional about drawing it out of you, asking you questions, valuing your perspective and thoughts and input, then it produced much better decisions and much better boundaries and much better ideas and collaboration. And much healthier oneness. Right. So another part was vulnerability. That was another thing that we had to commit to. We had to commit, you know, there's this thing that is really working against your marriage and it is self-preservation. And you, self-preservation meant you would be quiet about things that were unhealthy in you. I would hide. You would hide. In me, self-preservation meant defending myself or making sure that you were meeting my needs, you know, speaking up about those. It was selfish, <laughs> preserving what I thought I needed and, and these kind of things. And so as we set aside unhealthy self-preservation, then it meant we took on being vulnerable. And along with that, of course, uh, I we each have a responsibility uh, if we're if we're talking about vulnerability, in order for Val to feel comfortable being vulnerable, in order for her to be vulnerable, I need to be uh, protective of that. As as someone who cares for her and loves her, I need to be protective when she is being vulnerable. I need to be make, making sure that I am going to be a safe place that she can trust me with her vulnerability. And same with her. I need to be able to trust her with my vulnerability that if I'm going to say something that puts me in a vulnerable position that she won't take advantage of that. Right. So it was learning to honor one another's heart more because that's where, you know, vulnerable, it's sharing our heart with the other one and sharing the deep stuff. And so it, we had to honor one another and I had to become gentle, but we both had to really defend the other's honor against ourselves to, to really truly embrace a more vulnerable marriage that, and that's where the good stuff lies is when we get deeper like that and, and truly honest in a gentle way. Wow. That's where we really start seeing the beautiful fruit of the relationship. Definitely. It's, it's sacrificial and it's challenging and it, it takes purpose and intentionality, but wow, the results and the rewards of that, we marvel often about where our marriage has come to and and just what a great place it is. So we would like to encourage you to take some time in your marriage to figure out what are the communication commitments you're going to make. Lasted a little more than a minute. (laughs) It usually does. So as you can hear from listening to Rich and I on this topic, he and I made a communication overhaul in our marriage. We literally sat down with a notebook and spent months writing down what we were doing wrong. What had we done to make this giant mess of a marriage? And what should we do differently instead? That's where some of this change that we're talking about came from. You know, 
you can have a communication overhaul in your family also. That's why I wrote the book, Clash in Your Home, Getting a Game Plan for Cleaning Up the Conflict. I wrote that book because the communication habits that are happening in your home today, they're going to impact the communication of all of your children's future relationships. So we tend to bring two negative things with us to our marriage from our childhood communication. We tend to carry on some of the communication habits that we experienced growing up And we also tend to overcorrect some other ones. And I'll explain these just from my own life experience. I brought yelling into our marriage from one of my parents, and I brought negative communication games into our marriage from the other parent. Now, please note that my parents are awesome. They're truly wonderful people, and I am so thankful for them. I've seen both of them grow a great deal in these areas over the years because they have been tender to the Holy Spirit, working on their character, and it's been very inspiring to me to do the same. Nevertheless, these were the habits that I brought into our marriage. Then I also brought some overcorrection into our marriage as well. See, there was some some things that my parents did that I didn't want to repeat. And so I became hypersensitive about those things uh, until that I was more at an extreme level in the other direction. Here's what I mean. My mom was super sweet and kind and wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. So I would I would describe it as that she wasn't quite accurately honest with me about some things in order to be kind and to protect me. And from my personality, I took that as feeling like I was being misled. Now, it it wasn't exactly that, but it's how I interpreted it. So it made me extremely blunt with my husband and with my kids, and that wasn't healthy either. I needed to be empathetic. I needed to see things from their perspective. I needed to speak the truth, but I needed to do so in love and gentle-spirited, and I just didn't. I would do it very bluntly, thinking that was the right way to do it. See, I had overcorrected. And so I'd become extreme in the other direction. And so this is what we often do. We come to our marriage with this baggage of communication habits that we had growing up and then overcorrection issues that we also are hypersensitive about. And what we really want to do, we want to be able to be vulnerable and real and honest with our spouse or, or just in our family if we're if we're not married. Be honest and look at what are the communication hangups that we've got and let's be willing to deal with them. And I would encourage you to actually go to your kids. Apologize for the, the ways that you haven't been uh, role modeling this well. And even be so brave as to ask them, can you tell me some ways that maybe I have caused wounds in you about the way I've communicated? Because I'm ready. I'm ready to make changes. And I am so sorry that I'm just now seeing this. But I know that life is a journey of God revealing new things to us and our character little by little. And so it's exciting that I am seeing some of this now, kids, and I am excited that God's working with me to overcome this stuff. I'm ready for change. So kids, let's talk this through. And please know I'm so sorry. And also, will you please pray with me? and pray for me as I work on these things. And when we role model something like that with our kids, 
enlightens them to deeper understanding of their own communication issues. It just starts opening their eyes to a whole new area of life that perhaps they weren't looking at before. And if we can help them be more aware of their communication issues, and we can talk more about this in in other episodes, I just love this kind of topic. Anything related to relationships and personality types and, and communication styles and all of this is so exciting to me because the impact of change that we can have when we get ourselves under the Holy Spirit's control is just so phenomenal to experience. So we'll talk about this more other times, but if we can help our kids become more aware of themselves, and if all of us as a family can begin to work on these negative communication games and other communication habits stopping them, then what we can do is we can transform what our family looks like. And here's the most important part of that. It impacts every future relationship of our children from their marriage to the, their children that they raise, their, their future in-laws, their coworkers and their bosses and their employees and all of the, the relationships that they're going to have in their future. You can have an impact on today by deciding that it's time to make a change. Now, if you are interested in my book, Clash in Your Home, Getting a Game Plan for Cleaning Up the Conflict, there are a few different ways that you can get that. Uh, It is on Amazon. It's on my website, which is practicallyspeakingmom.com. They're $13. Or when you're in an event that I'm at, then they're even less than that. They're 10. So that's some different ways that you can get my book, Clash in Your Home. I have other books too. And there is one other option regarding that topic, and that is I have a a download that is also called Clash in Your Home, Getting a Game Plan for Cleaning Up the Conflict, and it is a live workshop that I did on that topic. So if you want to be able to go more in depth than we have had time to cover here today, then that download might be the way you want to go, and it's $4. So it just kind of depends on what learning style works best for you. Okay, I would love to connect with you on my Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. So jump on Facebook and join that group and just participate in the discussion. It's a place for intentional moms to build strong families together. You just get to hear so much collaboration and encouragement and ideas that you hadn't thought of. So you may want to jump on and see what discussions we're having this week. But I will see you here next week on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. See you then.